0: Experience God's encounter with Pastor George Izunua as he takes you through the Word of God. We believe that the gospel is good news and that God's principle empowers men to fulfill their destiny. For more inquiries, call 702 or 702 951 Jesus exceeds expectation. Can you lift up your right hand and shout, I cannot be bound? Deliverance is a removal of destiny barriers and bondages. It's a breaking of curses and spells, infirmities, and demonic yokes. That's deliverance. And deliverance also includes arresting the agents of the devil and correcting negative situations that they have set up to hurt your destiny. Anything the enemy set up against you is broken forever. Now today we are looking at deliverance from strange curses. Curses are evil pronouncements and judgments. Curses are negative words that are enforced by demonic powers. That's what curses are. Curses are spells released to derail, to delay, to distract or to destroy destinies. A curse is an invoked affliction. Somebody invokes it and it begins to afflict you. A curse is a favor blocker. Your destiny will not be blocked. A curse is a spiritual prison house. To be cursed is to be sentenced to suffering and shame. God said to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. He says in verse 16 to 19, he said, Woman, from today, I will multiply your sorrow. So, to be cause sorrow multiplies. He said, Conception is a problem. And drink conception is a problem. He said, In sorrow, you will bring four children. He said, the worst of it is that you will love your husband, but he will mistreat you. And he said to Adam, he said, curse is a ground for your sake. He said, you plant, you won't get much out of it. In the sweat of your brow, he said, that's what you're going to eat. I just saw it on the notice board there. That's a curse. So their life became a challenge. When a man is under a curse, his life begins to spin out of control. When a man is under a curse, his resources and initiative mysteriously dry up. When a man is under a curse, devourers and destiny robbers can assess his destiny. When a man is under a curse, inexplicable sicknesses begin to manifest. When a man is under a curse, his life generally becomes a battlefield. To pay whatever looks like a curse in your life, break in the name of Jesus Christ. You will not labor under a curse. Because you are not meant to be cursed. Balak hired Balaam in the Old Testament in Numbers to curse Israel. Remember the story. In Numbers 22 and Numbers 23. The man said, okay, build your altar. So Balaam built seven altars. Sacrificed seven cows on top of the altars. And Balak said, now stand by your altar and I will speak. The man stood by his altar and Balaam opened, Belam opened his mouth to curse Israel and no curse came out. He tried the second time, he didn't work, and then he testified in verse 19 to 24. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said that he will not do it? Has he spoken and will not make it good? Everything God spoke over you, you will see this year. And the man said, Behold, I have received the commandment to bless. Are you here? And he had blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Lift up your right hand. Anyone that opens a mouth to curse you, it will turn to blessing. Why? He said, Because he has not seen iniquity in Jacob. He has not seen sin in Israel. You say, But I'm a sinner. No, you are not. Jesus died for you. When God looks at you, he sees you in Christ. Come on, are you with me? Just like these people were sinning in the wilderness, but God saw them in Moses. Now, he said, God brought them out of Egypt. He had the strength of an unicorn. Verse 23 is where I'm going to say, surely. That means you can take this to the bank. Surely. There's no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. Anywhere that digging hole and pouring blood and making incantation against you, it will backfire. And he said, according to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what has God wrought? Before this year is over, somebody will say this is the hand of God. Yeah. Now, the root of all curses was broken at Calvary. I'm sure you know that. Galatians three thirteen and 14 say, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has been made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon me. That's why Jesus redeemed you. So, as a Christian, you're not supposed to be cursed. No matter the type of curse, there are different different kinds of curses: the curse of God, the curse of prophets, the curse of parents, the curse of witchcraft, ancestral curses, all manner of curses. And Christ redeemed you from them. But the problem is that ignorance and spiritual carelessness have opened many Christians to all manner of strange curses. When we talk about strange curses, we're talking about curses that have abnormal roots. Curses are many times you may not even be able to discern. The ones I just listed, the curse of God, the curse of a parent, the curse of blood, the curse of this and that. It's easy for you to know them. There are some people that walk into another person's environment and contact something that shouldn't be there. Association releases spirits and releases bondages and releases bias. Hanging around somebody can get you killed. Ask fordgey, the hunger with urge. They didn't come for him, but they killed him. They didn't come for him, but they killed him. So sometimes hanging with somebody can get you killed. You can marry into pain. You can get somebody as a partner in business and sink your business. We're doing with causes engineered by forces from a forgotten past. You know, it's possible to forget something, and yet the thing didn't forget you. I I share with you a story Many years ago, I went to preaching. I finished preaching. A man came and met me after the meeting. Met me with his wife. He said, please, I need to see you. I'm suffering a lot. I said, please, tell your pastor. He said, I'm not a member of this church. I said, okay, then come. Because that's all I do. So, he came. I saw him. And he said, pastor, I was walking, And he mentioned a company. One of the big oil companies in this city. And they asked if somebody wants a voluntary retirement. And I said, I applied for that. He said, as at that time, I was one of their young managers. And I was doing very well. But I said, I can do business. I have a lot of connections. So let me leave. And my expertise, the area of his study, is an area that can be very lucrative. So he applied. They paid him millions, a lot of millions. He left the job. He said to me, Pastor, The only money I removed from the money they paid me was what I gave my wife to go to UK and do shopping and start a business. She was out for three weeks. From the the time she left to the time she came back, every money I had and additional money I took from people, I lost them. He said, from that time, I've not rested. The people I'm owing have pursued me. I tried from different ways to pay them year after year from one struggle to another. If we didn't build the house we we'll would be houseless now. He said the worry is that I can't feed myself. The only business in our house is the one my wife started that year and she insults me a lot. That's what he told me. He said she insults me a lot because I ask her for to maintain the car, I ask her to fuel the car, I ask her for anything. She feeds us in the house and she's abusive and she forgets all the years I fed her. He told me, I'm, I said no problem. I said, let's see. We, we chatted. So I said, I can't understand how an educated man like you, with this level of exposure, worked in this country, worked in that one, worked in, he told me all those things, can just suddenly 419 take your money in less than three weeks. I said, what business in this world can they convince you to invest such much? I said, no, I don't think this is normal. Let's pray. I sent him on three days fasting. and I said, we're going to pray together. You're going to meet with me in the office. Let's see if we can reverse this. The first day he came, I said, when you would pray, if God shows you anything in the dream, let me know. Write it down. We'll discuss about it. And if he tells me anything, I'll tell you. So the first day he came, I said, did God show you anything? Did you have any dream? He said, no, it's not really anything. But he was in a dream, and he saw it. there was a meeting in his father's house. And the father gathered some people, and they were discussing about uh, some politics, about somebody that was in the office in the local government, how to remove him, and all of that and all that. He said, that's all the dream he had. He doesn't see how it applies to this. So I started laughing. And I said, when you are dealing with spiritual things, everything applies. I said, you won't understand until maybe God explains more. I said, we don't act on one dream. We keep asking God for direction. So let's pray again. The next day he came, he had no dream. I had none. God didn't send me anything. I just prayed for him the first day, prayed for him second day. Third day, I was in the house. I finished praying. And normally, I don't kneel down often to prayer, except uh, in certain situations. But that morning, I felt like kneeling beside my bed. So I knelt down. And then suddenly, as I was kneeling, I wasn't sleeping, I went into a trance. In a few minutes of prayer, I just saw one big band. And beside the band, was a kitchen. And I saw fire come out of that kitchen. The barn was full. You know a barn? Was full with stacked yam. Full like a big man's barn. And then fire came from this, barn, from this kitchen. Psh, took everything. In one minute, it was gone. I jumped out from where I was kneeling down. I was scared. I said, Lord, is, any, is anything trying to attack Gateway? Is anything trying to attack me? Is anything trying to attack any of the people that are my members? I was there, I was already praying. And the Lord says, no, it's not about you. It's about the man you are seeing today. It's what happened to him. So I said, okay, I pray for an explanation. I didn't get more, so I came to the office. He came, I told him the story I just told you. And I said, well, the little I know about dreams is that when you see a barn, he's talking about wealth. Are you with me? I said when you see a kitchen it's talking about two things either a woman or a near kinsman that you eat with So I said God told me from this dream that what wiped out your wealth is either a woman or a near kinsman somebody you eat with So I said that to him and so I asked him is there anybody you are having a problem with in your family no is anybody bewitching you no are you fighting any battle no and I wasn't going to lie to him. You know, there are people that see something and they just make it a prophecy. There's somebody in your family fighting you. God hasn't told me somebody was fighting him. Even though the dream, the trance I saw reflected something like that. But I could prophesy and it's wrong. So I said, let me ask questions. I asked nothing. So I told him to go out. He went, I said the wife to sit down. She sat down. I said, excuse me, ma. I said, when I spoke to your husband now, you were here. And I said, this is either a woman or this. I said, you are the wife. Are you, is there any reason I should believe that this came from you? She said, no. Are you in any kind of relationship or any kind of association, any kind of thing that can hurt your husband? She said, no. I said, okay, I've done my best. We're going to pray again and trust God. So I invited the man in again. He came. I said, okay, let's talk. I suddenly saw the wife quack him and spoke in their language to him. I didn't understand the language. But what followed next made me realize that she told him, tell him the truth. And the man started his story. He said, hey, pastor. He the when we are talking, I remember something. What happened? He said, this woman is not my first wife. I was married when I was younger. I lived with her in one room in Worry. One room, not a one-bedroom. We started from there. I was jobless. She helped me. And then I got a job. In this oil company. And we started going and life began to go in. I go overseas, I do training, I come back. But I just began to feel like we were not together again. We are not agreeing. He says, so one day I just made up my mind. I met this other woman and just wanted to drop the other marriage. But there's no way I could do that. So I planned with my people and accused her of adultery. He said, I know she didn't do it. But I just wanted to get her out of my life because everything I was doing to drive her out, she refused. That was his plan. So they came to the village and they had a meeting. Her parents, her people came, and his own people came. And because he has given all his people money and he's a big man, they played politics with her and removed that. Just like the dream he saw. Just like the dream he saw of how they were playing politics, how to remove the local government chairman or whatever. And his father was chairing the meeting. Because the woman was a local government chairman too. She said, but pastor, what, rem- what made me understand that this is where it's coming from is that as we finished, and she walked out of the house, she was crying and cursing me. And she said, we lived in one room. You were nobody. I was feeding you. He said, now nah, you are standing and you are dealing with this. He said, this money also, you won't eat it. He says, since everything was working well all the years, I didn't mind. He says, just as we are talking now, I remember, if I can even see her face now, where she was cursing. And it just dawned on me. That he forgot, but life didn't forget. The bondages didn't come. There are some people who are suffering from all kinds of things from their forgotten past. You may ignore a curse, but if you don't vacate it, it may still deal with you. Whether parental a curse, with all kinds of things? And there's some young girls and young boys that got into cults and got into all kinds of covenants. Some of them wanted to get married. They cut their hand and removed blood and sheared. And then they moved on in life and they forgot all of those things. And they thought that those things forgot them. They didn't forget you. Why I'm dealing with this is because these are the forgotten areas of curses in the church. Every time people are looking for the witch that is doing them, for the neighbor that is doing them, for the uncle that is doing them. but some people are doing themselves. Let me tell you a story in the Bible you know too well. And then from there I'll wrap this up. They called the woman Rachel. Anybody heard of Rachel? Rachel was the woman that Jacob loved in the Bible. Remember Jacob? The one that became Israel. Rachel was the woman that Jacob served Laban for seven years. Wanted to marry her. And Laban changed and brought Leah. Now he had to walk for Lebanon another seven years because Leban allowed him to marry his daughter, Rachel. Jacob loved Rachel, but Rachel had a very bad flaw, very fatal flaw, very demonic flaw. Rachel was an idol worshiper. She loves idols. She loves native doctors. She loves spiritual things. And Jacob loved her. You know there are some of you that love people, that love things that you Cannot relieve it. You love a girl, but she likes to hop from one prophet to another. After you marry her, she will still be hopping from one to another, bringing you stories and prophecies. Now, the day God told Jacob, go home, leave Laban's house, and Jacob packed his own and was going. As they were going, Laban began to pursue them and stop them. He said, why did you treat me like this? He said, what? You, uh, you gave us permission to go and we left. He said, no, 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 no. You collected my idols. Jacob said, me, no. Because Laban used to have some small, small molded images that he uses for divination. Even though Laban is the brother of uh, Rebekah, the wife of Abraham, but their family is still in idol worship. And he was a practicing idol worshiper. He has images in his house. Now, Jacob came from another direction. He worships the only God. No images. And then while he was going with his family, Leah, the wife he didn't like, didn't collect any idol because her heart was with the new God of the husband. But this other woman collected the idols of her father and was going with Jacob. Can you imagine marrying a woman as a man of God and the woman came into your house with Juju? Can you imagine so they're going. Ask on the road. Laban stopped them. Where is my idol? Who collected my idol? Then Jacob said, What will I do with your idol? I don't worship such things. Have nothing to do with them. In fact, nobody in my house deals with idols. I've converted all of them. He thought Rachel was a convert. You know, not everybody you see in church is a Christian. Not everybody. Not everybody. We met somebody, an elder in my former church until they had a problem with somebody. He was one of our chief elders. Police went to ransack his house because a judge gave an order and they broke the house. One of the rooms, nobody they entered. The things they brought there made news. It was a newspaper. He was an elder, heavy elder, demonic man. Anybody that came into your life by tricks, carrying evil with him or her, today are your the person, in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Jacob said, nobody in my house is an idol worshiper. He said, listen, stop accusing me. He said, anybody, if anybody in my house is carrying your idol, let the person die. He didn't know his wife was carrying it and was sitting on it. Now, listen. When the man started searching everywhere, Rachel sat on it. They asked her to get up. She said, no, I'm having menstrual pain. It's in the Bible. She said, I'm having menstrual pain. I can't get up. So she sat on it. But she set up her life for crisis. That curse followed her. She sat on the idol. Then she got pregnant for Benjamin. And then she's in labor. And the man of God prayed. And the wife couldn't come out of labor. She died giving birth to that boy. And they buried buried on the road. Why? Because there was a vow that was made. That was forgotten many years back. Can I tell you when she died? As at that time she has dropped the idol. She was not longer worshipping them. God said to them, get up and go to Bethel. Jacob said, any one of you that have any strange idol, bring it out. And they all brought it out. He burnt them and said, let's go to Bethel. On the way to Bethel. That's when she died. After she has dropped it. But the curse was still speaking over her. If you don't vacate that curse... It begins to handle you. Why? Three things. Because some curses have memorials and enforcing spirits that keep them active. Some curses have memorials and enforcing spirits that keep them active. Second reason why the past keeps pursuing some people is that some people keep repeating the things that trigger the original curse. They do what brought the original curse again. And it comes back again after they've forgotten it. The third reason why some people, their past keep pursuing them is this. Until you finish fighting a battle, you cannot wish that battle away. You must finish the battle. You must settle the issue. So as a person, I don't know what you put your hand into. Why? Because we needed to deal with some issues and get them off your system. So we don't lay hands in vain. There are people that when you are putting hand on them and pouring oil, it's as if they're wearing a spiritual helmet. Anything you put doesn't sink into their head. Why? There's a cloud over them. You are fighting for their destiny. Their past is fighting you. Somebody said, no matter what cross, no matter what pronouncement, you forgot them. He didn't forget you. How do we handle issues like this? Number one, stand on the finished work of Calvary. Jesus has taken the course away. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, stand therefore in the liberty. We are in Christ. Made you free. Then number two, intentionally address the issues. Address them intentionally. And you see, uh, Pastor, uh, even though I cut my hand and I exchanged blood with her and told her I'm going to marry her, you know, the day I get brought my life to Christ, you know, it, it, I, I understand that you forgot it. But the covenant they didn't forget it, the demon enforcing it they didn't forget it. That's why there's heat in your marriage. So deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. There are some things you forgot that they didn't forget you. Deal with them. Do you know there are people that in their yard, in their offices, and things like that, they say somebody stole something. They say, I will swear, I will swear. And they swore a lie. Huh? And it doesn't matter. One year, two years, three years, four years. It's just there. The problem with people is because the issue was not addressed. You didn't resolve it. Don't know what you are fighting about. And they gave me something to swallow. You swallowed the ring seven years ago. And you forgot. You better remember. And deal with it now. I will never forget one of the faith clinics. And a woman was with her son in the faith clinic. And the young man, when he was in the campus, had an initiation. And they put so many kinds of terrible things on him. And was going through a lot of stress. The marks have disappeared before then. While I was speaking, the whole marks appeared. And I rebuked that. I said, there's somebody here. You're having this marks. And he came out. We spoke. And while we finished speaking, the marks disappeared. Why? Because the devil was still holding him ransom by a dedication and initiation he thought was forgotten. So people come to church. They they act as if they were no longer Vikings. They were not in Buccaneers. They didn't drink any of those things. Can I talk to somebody here today? And they act as if nothing matters You say, get your life straight. And they just say, well, when when I wear suit, my life is straight. You are joking. The covenants you entered are still haunting your destiny. Get it right. Break it. Let there be a closure. Let there be a resolution. And when you finish that, you look at your life. Anything in your life that smells like bondage, kill it. love friend i believe the word of god has challenged and blessed you and i want to lead you to christ if you have not given your life to jesus say with me father i'm sorry for my sins i believe your son jesus died for me and i repent of my sins forgive me receive me as your own and i vow to follow you the rest of my days amen if you pray that prayer i believe jesus came into your life and i'm gonna believe god that from this hour you keep going higher and higher in your walk with him Please find a Bible believing church and become part of them. And if you can be in Gateway Church, I want you to be there. In Harcourt, we are located at 3032 Elipramah Road, off Ada George Road, in Wimpy Axis of My Four Harcourt. I'll have satellite campuses, branch churches within the city of Harcourt. Find one and experience God. Settle down there. Get discipled. Begin to grow your walk with God. And you'll have greater encounters with the Holy Ghost as you do that.